0: but you're going to search out the Scripture. Because there's something about you finding something out and digging in allowing the Holy Spirit to talk to you. He's the teacher. I'm standing here. I'm going to do my best to relay what the Lord wants, but ultimately He's the teacher. Are are you with me? Because if you rely on me, and you don't know what the Word says, and then we get into false doctrine, then we get into false errors, and we think we're right because everyone else is doing it, and... No, no, you need the conviction of the Holy Spirit inside you. And I'm here not to deceive you. I'm here to be faithful to the Word of God. But you need to trust the Lord and His Word. Amen? Amen. So that's where we're going for the next couple of weeks. So if you don't have a Bible, quickly get one and charge your iPad, charge your phone. And if, you don't know, if you've never read your own Bible, um, you can't put the CD and listen to it. All right, during church, you have to flick through. We're going to start. We're going to get get a hunger for his word again. Amen? I I know you do, but I just want to encourage you. So it was about three years ago, my son asked me a question one day just in the lounge room. He didn't want to mention his name, so I won't mention JD's name. So in 2020, I was uh, sitting. Oh, did I say something wrong? Is he going to kill me or is he? Hey, bro. I didn't think he was here. 2020, I was sitting in the lounge room and he said to me, Dad, when you get baptised in the Holy Spirit and fire, is it one fire or is it many fires? Because if everyone's walking around with the fire of God inside them, is it many fires? I thought, that's a fair question, eh? I thought it was a really good question. And I said to him, well, when we light a fire, whether it's a bonfire, whether it's a fire in a barbecue, or whatever, we light a fire, what happens? It's one fire. But if I was to go take a stick and put it in the fire and I walked over to you and you had another stick and we lit the fire like a torch and then you went and lit it, lit it, we could, that fire could keep going and going and going through one fire. Although it's one fire, there's many flames to the fire. Right. So when the Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost, guess what happened? One consuming fire came upon them and it fell on it and the Bible says there was a rushing wind, We're probably jumping to my notes, Let, let's go there. For those who um, want to see this, Acts chapter 2, verse 3 to 4. One fire, many flames. It's time to get on board of what the Holy Spirit's doing in this world. You see, we're trying to educate people out of sin or educate people out of the world or educate people into the right order, but you can't educate them. You have to allow the fire of the anointing of the Holy Spirit to do that. We can teach But we're going to make room for the Holy Spirit. Here on the day of Pentecost, then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and sat upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. The Bible says there was a rushing wind, a mighty rushing wind. Then the fire fell upon them. If you go down to Hebrews, let's go to, actually let's go to Psalm 104 and 3 to 4. Now, Psalm 104 is also in Hebrews chapter 1-7. And this is God speaking, and they're talking about God. He "He lays the beams of the upper chambers in the the waters, who makes the clouds his chariots, who walks on the wings of the wind. Next verse. Who makes his angels spirits his ministers of the flame of fire. The writer of Hebrew talks about the same thing, that if you read it in its context, in the Greek and the Hebrew, it means these... These um, angels, are the, 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 who makes his angels spirits, is another word for spirit is the breath of God or the ruh of God. So God's breath blows on his ministers or his servants to become flames of fire. Isn't that interesting where on Pentecost, when they were all in one accord, the Bible says there was a, like a, uh, a sound like a rushing wind, a loud wind noise. I believe God was blowing the fire of God upon his disciples. One fire, many flames. So you have a partaking of that. The question is not whether, because people can tell you when I got saved, when I got filled, when I got baptised, that's awesome. But is that fire still burning in your heart? See, tonight I want to challenge you. Is the fire that you received still burning in your heart? Or has it become dormant? Or has it been put out? How do you put out a fire? You quench it. You can throw water on it. You can, um, if you light a bonfire, you, and I wouldn't suggest you go and put your hands in and taking the timber out, but, uh, but when I light a fire, if you cut the, when I, when I light a barbecue and I want to keep the charcoal after the barbecue, you know, who, who, who likes a Lebanese barbecue with the heat beads? Oh, oh, beautiful. I'm hungry now. All right, we'll do an altar call. And we'll go and eat. But in order for me to keep the, to put out the fire, I can put them out with the water or I can put a lid on top of my barbecue, which cuts the oxygen and then puts out the fire. It quenches the fire. Isn't it interesting? In the natural, oxygen represents the spirit and it can be quenched. The Bible says don't quench the Holy Spirit in you. You can quench it. So the fire God wants to burn in you. How? What does fire represent? You can go through it and say fire represents... You can use fire to warm things up when we're cold. You can use fire, to, it burns things. It lights up. Fire always also purifies precious metals and silver and gold. You put them in the fire. Have you seen a jeweler? Puts it in the fire and all the impurities and all the, the dross comes off it to get a, a, the solid matter of gold and silver. Fire is very important. In Hebrews 12.29, talks about for our God is a consuming fire. So we, there's so much analogies about fire. But I want to stick to one point. I want to I show you and I want to sh- sh- share with you when John the Baptist was baptising with water, and he says this, John the Baptist came preaching repentance, baptism unto repentance. He goes, but there'll be one after me who I'm not worthy to untie untie his sandals will come and baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. The fire of God needs to be burning on the inside of you and keep burning on the inside of you. You know, there's a man named Saul. Saul, uh, not Paul, Saul in the Old Testament King Saul. And King Saul was anointed king, not because God wanted him king. The people wanted him king. God didn't want to have a king. God wanted to be their king. But give us, they wanted to be like the world. Let's be honest. So alright, he picked Saul. They picked Saul, he anointed Saul. Now Saul had a reign and he did many good things, but it came to the plus. if it's in 1 Samuel. Can you go there? Did I give you that, that scripture? In 1 Samuel chapter 15. And to give you a bit of a backdrop, Saul was the king, but he wasn't God's chosen. God anoints David, King David, who fought Goliath. Yeah, we've spoken about this before. But along the way, Saul, it's very interesting if you read Saul's life and David's life. Saul was anointed king, but then God says, but my true king is David. So we know the story. He went to Jesse's house and had all his sons lined up and... The prophet's there. No, that's not him. That's not him. That's not him. I go, man. God told me here that your son's going to be king, but it's none of these guys. Even though they all looked the part, they had bodies like kings. They had the good looking like a prince. He says, "Have you got any other kids?" He says, "Oh yeah, I got this weirdo who looks after, um, you know, lambs, and he plays a harp." He said, "Yeah, like I said, you all musos are weirdos. I'm telling you, get get." And no, he means from the back there. So he anoints David as king, but he anointed him as king and chose him as king, but he didn't appoint him as a king at that point. That means he prophesied, he anointed him, but he didn't put him in the job yet. Make sense? See, sometimes you guys have been appointed to do something for him, but you have to wait your time to God when you're ready, when God makes you ready. See, too many people go before their time and get taken out. So he did, he was loyal, he was loyal to Saul. If you read it their whole life and say, well, yeah, look at Saul's life. He stuffed up and God took the, king, the, the kingdom off him. But David didn't do a lot, a lot better sometimes. Did not David seduce Bathsheba and then try to cover up and kill the husband? And There were some, some things about David. But the difference between the two is David always inquired of the Lord. He always, even when he was in a good place or a bad place or a sinful place, he always bowed his knees and inquired of God. What do I do here? But Saul never inquired of God. And that was, he ran his own race, and David ran the race that God wanted him to run. Even though he fell, there's a big difference. Do you go seek God first before you do something, or do you do it your way and say, God bless me? So it's gone pretty quiet here in Mariners. So 1 Samuel. So this is what's happening now. Saul's gone, stuffed up. And he's gone and done a sacrifice before the prophet showed up. The prophet's job is to do the sacrifice. The king's job job is to rule. They were going into battle. They were losing. They told the the prophet, come and do a sacrifice on the altar to God so we can win the battle. He couldn't wait. He did it himself and says, what have you done? You you are not allowed. That's not your sphere of influence. That's not your anointing. So it comes to this point now. Look what he says to him. We'll go to verse 22. What's up here? So Samuel said, has the Lord... As great, has the Lord have great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices? As in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, today, to to obey, he's better than sacrifice, and to heed than to fat of the rams. In other words, I don't care how much you sacrifice. I want obedience. He had done a performance of a sacrifice according to the law, but he wasn't the one to perform the sacrifice. The prophet was, the priest was. Are you with me? Here it says, you make an offering to me, but do you think I desire offerings? Or I desire obedience to my word. Next verse. For rebellion is as of the sin of? Rebellion is of the sin of witchcraft. But I don't do witchcraft. I don't touch with that. As soon as you rebel, you're in witchcraft. And then he says, and stubbornness is as the iniquity of idolatry. <laughs> because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you from being king. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God left soul and he didn't even know it. Isn't that a sad place when you stop getting conviction and start justifying your life and say, I'm a believer in Christ and don't even know that you're not getting convicted because the Holy Spirit has left you. I don't believe anyone here that's happened to. But this is what the Bible warns us. How do you put out the fire? How do you quench the fire of God? Disobedience. To God's word. See, the fire of God only keeps burning under his word. See, God only blows on the word. Some people say to me, Oh, I'm a believer. I believe in Jesus. Praise God. And... You know, I, I, my family do it to me all the time. Oh, your grandfather was a priest and your great grandfather was a bishop. Okay, that's awesome. Thank God. That's probably why I'm standing here preaching. But what is the Word saying to you? Oh, I don't read the Bible. Well, there's a problem. But I went to church. I gave to the poor. I fast. Whoopie de doo Because he says, your, the one before it says, your sacrifices and your humble giving to the poor. You know, people want a reward to feed the poor and that's what you're meant to do. Like I said a couple weeks ago, oh, well, <laughs> I won't go there. <laughs> I had a, a preacher once say, he, he's, in, he's from England, and he says, my mother should have been a travel agent because she sent me on that many guilt trips. <laughs> I did this for you. I did that for you. I'm your mother. I fed you. I did. You're meant to do that. What, was I going to feed myself at three months old or was I going to wash myself? You want a reward to do what's right? And that's like we are to God sometimes. God, you owe me. God owes us nothing. I don't serve him here because I want to get something from him. He has blessed me because he's called me son. And until you understand your sonship and you're a and daughter of the king, you won't get nothing. Everything else is just religion. And then the fire starts to go out. Isn't it interesting here? It says that when the Holy Spirit came in the day of Pentecost, it was like a rushing wind, yeah? And, and Hebrews 1, seven, or uh, sorry, Psalm 104 says, he blows on the wings of an angel, or another word is the wings of the Spirit, on his ministering spirits. See, the minute you say, I want God's fi- fire in my life, it says, humble yourself as a servant. See, and the minute you say, I want to be your servant, now you may not want to ever stand up here, because this is the least of the gifts. If you want to just serve Him in your family, in your life, if you want to dedicate your life to Him as a living sacrifice, He'll blow His wind of His Spirit on you to keep flaming the fire. You know, it's interesting. I was in Brazil, and it's probably simple to most people, but when you get that little word from the Lord, the first time the Holy Spirit fell, now we know the Holy Spirit came upon people in the Old Testament. They come upon them, come through them, stay with them, but never resided in them. Until the cross. The Holy Spirit could not take residence. God could not take and abide in us until Jesus Christ went to the cross. And after the cross, Jesus rose. And he says, it's better that I go. See, it's better. Why is it better that you go, Lord? We saw you die, but now we saw you risen from the dead. He says, better that I go, because then the promise of the Father won't come. And he goes up to... And that's probably next week's message or week after next message. But, But when the Holy Spirit fell on Jesus, so John the Baptist baptizes Jesus comes out of the water, and the Bible says the Holy Spirit fell on him like a dove. It wasn't a dove. It was like a symbolic. The Holy Spirit, the breath of God, the wind of God, whatever way you want to call him, fell upon what? The Word. Jesus is the Word that became flesh. He doesn't blow on witchcraft. He doesn't blow on carnality. doesn't blow on because you feel bad or you really got a sincere heart, you know, really got a good heart. No, no, no. He only blows on his word. The only way I can stay firm and solid is according to his word. What is his word saying to me? Now you've got the Logos word, which is the written word, and you've got the Rhema word, when he speaks life into you. And that word comes from God. Everyone wants the Rhema word. Everybody wants to hear from God. Everyone wants to get a dream and get a word. and that, That's awesome. But he doesn't do it unless you know his word. Most people that I was talking to someone the other day, somebody said, God showed me this, and God showed me that, and God showed me this, and God showed me that. and I'm going, I don't know, I don't know what God is talking to you because I ain't the God of the Bible. How do you know? I go, Well, let's go to His Word. What did He say to do? Leave my wife and marry another wife. Yep, that's in the Word. Yeah, <laughs> what's the Word say? I smoke marijuana to get spiritual. Yeah, well, that's that's in the Word. Yeah, none of it was in the Word, it doesn't go outside His Word. We've gone outside his word. I was sharing with my son the other day when the faith movement started. It's awesome. Some great preachers and and we owe a lot of our our freedom to a lot of these preachers in the faith movement but they took it to the point where no longer they had faith in Christ, they had faith in faith. It was what I was going to do for God that he was going to bless me. I give, he gave. All these I believe in faith, I believe in prosperity, I believe in all that. But I don't serve Him for any of that because if He's my Father and He provides all my needs, I don't need to do anything for it. That's like saying to your wife, if you love me, do the dishes for me. (laughs) Or she says to me, if you love me, go get five jobs. Hang on, I'll do that already. Hang on a second. No. No, I love my wife, she loves me, and we do together collectively, not to prove, I don't get to work, I wonder if my wife loves me. Sometimes I think she hates me. Dumb no, I'm joke. Imagine you. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm going to set you free right now. You cannot buy God's blessing. Contrary to what most people are saying today, you cannot buy God's blessing, but He will challenge you to do the right thing in His kingdom. I remember once years ago, I was in church, my old church, and. Um, and the pastor's preaching and I'm sitting probably, probably around where Jacob's sitting. And it was the offering time. They did the offering message. And I was going through like a real tough time financially and mentally and physically. And I, I, the, Our world was like, man, And I'm sitting in the back with massive bad attitude. Not towards anyone, but I had an internal struggle. And I believe I was doing everything right. I was preaching, I was serving, I was giving, I was all that. And also, they did the offering message, and then the plate, you know, the, the, the little bag going around. And it's going from one million to ten thousand. And I'm watching it. I'm sitting on this going, Don't come near me. I've got no money. I'm watching this thing. And I don't know what the guy was saying, but I'm just watching this bag going up down the aisles. And it's getting closer. Have you ever watched those old games, you know, the ball goes, beep, beep. that's what it was like. I'm watching this thing. And I'm cursing that bag. I'm telling the devil the rebuking devils and now I'm starting to rebuke. Bad attitude. But as I got closer, no one's forcing me to do anything, but I'm having an internal fight on my own and it's getting closer and closer and closer. And it got to about where Mervy is here and it's about to come to me, I'm sitting here and I, all I hear in my spirit, 165. That's all I heard. I'm sitting there going, 165? I'm still watching this bag like it's, it's like a snake ready to bite me, you know. <laughs> and I got down to the last row and I go, I got it again, 165. So I just check what's in my wallet. So I didn't think I had any, any cash in my wallet. I had $165 in my wallet. And I was cursing that bag as it was coming. I just said, sorry Lord, <laughs> I put it in. <laughs> Why am I telling you that? I couldn't, I didn't have any more money to buy coffee. I was dirty about that. I oh, had no, money for coffee. 160. You know what God was trying to teach me? It wasn't that he needed me to get money to get money. It wasn't that you know, he was telling me he was trying to get my attitude of my heart right back to him. And Because I, I actually got excited when there was $165 in my wallet. So I didn't know what I had in my wallet. Because God's trying to break things in our heart that we hold on to. I have to say some people that give a lot should stop giving. Some people that don't give nothing should start giving. See, it's not about whether I give or don't give. It's about am I listening to the voice of the Lord? If I'm listening to him and I have a heart for the kingdom and I call this place home, get attach yourself to the vision of the house. Imagine you're at home and you've got a family and it's divided. But imagine if the dad says, this is what we're doing, guys. What do you think? And everyone gets on board. What happens? A footy team. I coach footy. What, what do I do? If we're not on the same page, what happens? It's chaos. But we get into an order when someone shows a vision. The Bible's no different. The beauty about the Bible is that He loves us. If God asks us to do something, He's not going to hurt you in the process. How do we keep the flame burning? Because life will try and put the flame out. The world will try and put the... We live in the information age. True? You cannot get away from information. Whether it's on your YouTube, whether it's on Instagram, whether someone sends you something. Good or bad information, it's just a lot of information to process. And the, the, the beautiful thing about it is sometimes all that information consumes the word of God inside you that's no longer valid. What do you say to the Pharisees? You have had it. Let's look at the Pharisees, religious people. What does he say? You have made the word of God of no effect, there's no power behind it. Because of your traditions. In other words, you elevated your traditions and what you think higher than the Word of God and there's no effect. We can do the same thing. We do do the same thing. One of the things the Lord showed me, he goes, too many people are looking for something that's right inside them. We're looking out there for something that's better. Out there for a word. Out there, but yeah, it's all on the inside of you because the Bible says, I took residence on the inside of you. If my word... Abides in you, true. Abide means if my word lives in, resides in you, and I will be with you, and my Father will come and live with you. He's he's saying that God is going to come and live inside you. Wow! This is not I saved you; you're going to heaven. This is I'm coming to live with you. What a promise! This all-consuming God He's the consuming fire that he could Moses could not see his face. Let me show you, let me see your face, Lord. No one can see the face and God live. Then he walked by him, the Bible says. But the Old Testament says, if you want to look at God, you will die. The New Testament says if you want to see God, you must die. I need to die to myself in order that he may live in me. And that's how you get a hunger for the word. Don't read it. I read the word now. I've gone through many stages about the word. And you know, obviously we preach, so we say, Lord, what do you want me to share? But I always say, I often say this, this phone is a brand new phone. And when I bought it from the shop, it has all the functions you can do with a phone. You just know better than me. But if I don't put my contacts in here, I don't put the information in this phone. It has the capacity to email, to take photos, to make phone calls, to store pictures. But if I don't put the information in it, it's got the potential, but there's got no activity in there because there's no information. In your spirit, the minute you got born again, God regenerated your spirit man, ignited it. And then what he did? He put the capacity for you to hear from him directly. But put some word in there for you. Give the Holy Spirit something to work with. Otherwise, you'll have these nice encounters with God. I felt God touched me yesterday. But there's no substance to that encounter. It's like a fire. you want to keep it going. What you do, you throw toothpicks in there. To keep it going. you throw a toothpick. It burns. If you're le, you throw all your rubbish in there during the barbie, and then you can burn everything. Then the fire gets at your house and it sticks the whole neighborhood. But anyway, we won't go there. Are you with me? The word of God burns inside us. Who knows the? Two, who remembers when Jesus died and rose again, and he was walking on the road of Emmaus with the two disciples? You know that story, and he's walking. It was a seven-mile walk. I don't know when the Bible just puts like seven miles. Like these days, they put it wouldn't be seven miles. It would be like uh, fourteen kilometers. Carbohydrates burning fat to this much, and on their iPhones. Cause, But they were walking seven miles, and they're talking. He goes, why are you looking so upset? He goes, well, haven't you heard? What, do you live under a rock? They just killed this guy named Jesus. Yeah, why? And they're having this conversation, and it got dark. And they said, look, man, it's getting dark. Where are you going? I'm traveling. He goes, come in with us and and have a meal with us. He goes in and has a meal with the disciples. Still no one knows who he is. Doesn't know who he is, and he's talking to him. And all of a sudden, he breaks bread and gives thanks, and their eyes open, and they realize that was the Lord. And look what they say. It's in Luke chapter 24 and 32. As they were talking, the two disciples looked at each other and said, and they said to one another, man, did not our heart burn within us while he talked to us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? You know where a dangerous place is? Is when we're sharing the word or you're reading the word and your heart does not burn for him. Maybe the fire's gone out. Or maybe you've allowed traumas or offence or religion or just a stinking attitude, burn away or put away what the God's trying to burn in your heart. You see, one of the ways to keep the fire burning, who's got a, you want to know one of the ways? Have a fear of the Lord. God loves you. God loves me. But once we lose the fear of the Lord, not to be scared of God. That's not what the fear of the Lord means. You start a fire, a bonfire. And one of these little ones come. What do you do? Everyone says, wah-wah. If you're a, a Leb. If you're an Aussie, don't touch that. But touch, I dare you. you know? If you're Greek, you try and fry me. Then no, I'm joking, Greeks. <laughs> you t- You teach them the reverence fear of a fire because why? A hot stove, a heater, whatever. You teach them why. That fire, you need to respect it because if you you become common with it and don't respect it, guess what? You can get burnt. True or not? First thing we teach our kids, say, no, that's dangerous. Well, God is not going to consume you in the sense that you do something wrong, he's going to kill you. But what he will do is say, I cannot abide in your disobedience. And the fear of the Lord keeps that flame burning bright. fear of the Lord. The second thing is the love of God. I would honestly say in my 21 years being saved, in 21 years preaching the gospel, I don't know everything and I haven't always done it right, but what I can say, the biggest problem with sin is you don't know how much God loves you. The minute I understood my sonship, most of my problems went away. My identity is in Him. What you think about me, I love you to love me, but if you don't love me, I ain't going to lose no sleep about it. Because what you determine about my life is not what God determines about my life. Now, I don't go out to hurt someone or to make you hate me. That's silly. Someone said, I don't want anyone to love me because the Bible says, be be sceptical of those who the people call in love. I go, you're an idiot, man. He's saying about the gospel, not that you want to go upset people for the sake of upsetting people. But the love of God is what? He sustains you. And I'm going to teach on the, about praying in the Spirit. What it says, in Jude, you, beloved, build yourself up on your most holy faith, keeping in the love of God. We have to understand how God does things. Just because someone does it one way, we don't have to copy him. We have to do what God's called us to do. And it starts with your hunger for him. Amen. Amen. The question I have for you is the fire of God, is it still burning on the inside of you? Now, if you've been in the church long enough, you'll hear this story. Get the fire of God, let's start revival. Everyone wants revival. And some people get revival. Revival. But there's no one in here, in the, in the sphere of influence, are solid enough to go get a thousand people into the church because they'll all be destroyed. I've seen people come in, man, we've got 10,000 people saved. We've got 100 people saved. Who's discipling these people? I've seen more people fall off the wagon than get on the wagon. So, guys are waiting for us to be mature enough to go out and disciple the next generation. Sometimes we get caught up counseling the same person for 10 years after a while you think I love you but you're not going to get any better <laughs> take a <your> panadol <laughs> I don't mean that to be rude but if you're facing the same problem over and over again see the best one is what shall I do well if I was you I would do this and they do the opposite and they come back oh well you did the opposite what can I say is it God's fault and we're too busy preaching the obvious don't touch that don't wear that don't go there. Don't drink that. And we waste all our time telling you stuff you already should know. If you've been here long enough. And you do it your way, like Saul. And then guess what happens? You disrespect him. And you give him sacrifices. And you do it in your. F- Listen to me. God loves us. And he's encouraging us to get us. There's so much treasure in the kingdom, in the word of God, for you to dig out for yourself. So much. Because we've all gone through the place where we get saved and everything's love. Or we get saved and everything's sin. We've all been there. We judge that person because they're not saved, they're not reading their Bible. Yeah, you were there two weeks ago. And we go through this pendulum swing and God's saying, stay on that narrow road with me. See, sometimes the revelation I was sharing, we were talking last night, sharing the revelation God gives you is not for anyone else but you. Now, if you've got a big mouth like me, someone say no. Everyone agrees. But if you've got a big mouth like me, every time I get a revelation, I want to tell everybody. Because that's that's I'm an evangelist, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an extrovert. I'm I just like hearing the sound of my voice. I don't know, whatever it is, I'm trying to get someone to help me here. But look at this. If your revelation, if your revelation that you get from God, so people say, Man, I was reading my Bible, or I was praying, I got this revelation. I'll get excited when you get your revelation because I know when the first time I got my revelation. It's one thing for me to tell you what's true. But when you find that truth for yourself, guess what happens? Something ignites on the inside of you. I knew 21 years ago I'll be preaching the gospel. I didn't know what a preacher was. I just knew something was birthed on the inside of me. Now, if I walked out that day and said, I'm a preacher, everyone. And he goes, well, what are you going to preach? I don't know, but I just feel like I have to talk. But maturity and you will grow. But, but, but if my, my revelation, and this is what I got, if I don't get transformed by what I learn, listen to me, If you sit there day after day, year after year, and not change, then you're not getting revelation. No matter how much you know about the Bible. See, my transformation has to exceed my revelation. Otherwise, it's only information. That rhymes, eh? (laughs) If my transformation doesn't exceed my revelation, it's information. I can give you a lot of information about the Bible, the genealogy, and how Jesus... I can argue the, with the best of them. Oh, Jesus, you know, you know, one guy said to me once, oh, how did God make the world if Adam and Eve um, were the only two people on the earth? How did all the world become population? And I said, well, it's pretty easy. They went down and said, if they had children and they got married and they got married, they need two children per couple to make it. You get a million people in that sort of time. And you went, huh? <laughs> oh, Abel killed Cain. So where did the other kids come from? What about Seth? He goes, who's Seth? I go, That's his other son. You have another son? Please read the next line. Don't just stop there. We can argue all that information. We can even tell you where dinosaurs came from. No, I can't. I'm just joking. But information does not change you. Revelation changes you. And if it's not on the anointing of God's word, you can get the same sermon and walk out dead or walk out alive. It's the same sermon. Why? Because God's presence is upon that word. Now, the Word of God does not return void. Please don't misunderstand me. But if I want to stand here and talk from Tony's perspective, you don't get changed. But when the Holy Spirit convicts you and changes you, then you get changed. Then the Holy Spirit can work. See, I, I thank God for teachers of the Word. They teach me and put me on a balanced road. It's very important. How are we going for time? I don't know what time it is. We've got five minutes. I want to encourage you when I that... Look at this revelation. Eyes to me. God used fire in the wilderness. A pillar of of, uh, smoke or cloud in the day, and the Israelites followed it, and a fire at night. Speaks of God's presence. They followed God's presence through the desert. True? Moses was the deliverer. But when it came to the Passover feast, sorry, when it came... When he said to the Israelites, the Hebrew people, kill the lamb and put the blood on the doorpost. We know that story. We know that story, everyone. What did he do? He killed the lamb, got the hyssop branch, and hyssop is so much to, that, to the cross. But get up, painted the doorpost with the blood of the lamb. But was that it? No, they were told to kill the lamb, get a lamb that's big enough for your family and your household, kill it. Put the blood on the doorposts of the, la- of the house Kill the lamb Roast it, boil it, whatever you want Put it in the fire Sorry, uh, roast it, cook it, whatever And eat it all Eat it all, not just the chops Not just the lamb chops on the side You have to eat it all And then he says, whatever's left over Whatever's not eaten Put it in the fire and burn it When the angel of death flies over and he sees the blood on the doorpost, you and your household will be saved. But where there's no blood of the lamb on the doorpost, somebody help me. If there's no blood of the lamb on the doorpost, he'll take your firstborn. Beast, male beast. And I always think he takes all the babies. No, you can be, you can be 60 years old and the firstborn, you're gone. But as long as the angel of death comes over... And sees the blood of the Lamb on the doorpost. So the blood saves. Amen? Amen. On the cross of Calvary, Jesus saved us with His blood. There's no other way to heaven. Everyone on the internet, hello! It's only through the precious blood of Jesus you can be saved and no one else. Jesus is the one that died on the cross and shed His blood. The Bible says we are saved by grace and not by anyone's works. Should anyone boast? There's no one in heaven boasting. They say, thank you for dying for me. Amen? But the blood in the Passover saved them. But now they had a journey out into the desert. The Bible says that none of them were weary in the desert. What happened? They ate the lamb. They had communion. But the Bible says, this is what I want to get to. The Bible says that whatever was left over, they had to eat the eyes, the intestines, every had to eat the whole lamb. That's evil to us, but in the Middle East, they eat tongues, and they eat eyes, they eat intestines. True or not? Yeah, yeah. My brothers, the Tongans eat horse. I mean, you know, with some things we don't eat, I don't But they ate it, and whatever was left over cannot remain. In other words, it has to be burnt in the fire. On the cross, we see the whole picture of the Passover, do we not? But the only thing I don't see is the fire. I said, Lord, I see the lamb. Jesus is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I see the blood. Jesus shed his blood. I see the hyssop. When they, put the, the, when they put the hyssop on, at the cross, see the blood on the doorpost. Jesus is the door. And when they would have put the blood, they would not like that, splashed it like that, splashed it like that. What's that? One cross, two cross, and the door is Jesus. The two on the end, that's Jesus. Jesus is the Lamb of God. You have to consume Jesus. You don't just eat the chops. You eat the eyes. You want to see like Jesus. You eat the intestines. You don't have to feel the Jesus. You have to walk like Jesus. You have to think like Jesus. Everything about Jesus But I said, Lord, I don't see the fire. And the Lord showed me one day on the cross, not as a physical fire, but in the spirit, I'm a consuming fire. He's on the cross. I put my son on that cross for your sin. And when sin came into Jesus, when my shame came into Jesus, when your sin, when he took on sin, who knew no sin, when he took on the shame of the world, the sin of Adam, the sin of yours and mine, and put it on the cross, guess what God did? He consumed it with his fire in judgment. Never to remember your sins no more. That was the fire in there. And then they walked without getting sick. Why? Not One of them was weary. Why? Because they consumed the Lamb of God. The fire only keeps burning if the word is inside you. God hasn't put these stories in there for no reason. The fire burns. The fire purifies. Demons hate the fire of God. Devils hate the fire of God. Remember years ago. I was young in the Lord and we were praying for someone and we had a Bible studies, everything was nice. we were having a cup of tea after the Bible studies, and when the anointing fell, you could just feel God's anointing came. And then we said one word to someone and she manifested, and the Holy Spirit started to touch this person. And all these persons were screaming, saying, I can feel the fire of God, I can feel the fire of God. And God delivered that person from a demon. Not during the service, not during the preaching. Not drinking coffee on the way out the door, and I learned a lesson there that the Holy Spirit does it His way, not my way. The Holy Spirit is not on my timetable; I'm on His timetable. The Holy Spirit doesn't do things because it fits into our little... No, no. You know what? Make time for the Holy Spirit in your life. Make time for the Word to take residence, because the Word of God comes inside you. It's like a seed, and it grows. Like we want the two-minute noodle gospel. Put it in the put it in boil some water in two minutes and we got the oh yeah, Jesus loves me. But <laughs> well, we don't want the seed to grow and let it flourish and be rooted down and grounded in his love so he can sustain the storms of life. See, that's what God's looking for. God's looking for a people. And you know what? He wants to give us more than we're willing to ask for. That's the sad thing. That the fire of God, one fire, many flames. Can we stand? One fire, many flames. I want to challenge you today. This is not a condemnation message. This is not a message I'm picking on you. This is a message. If you truly love me, Jesus said, Heaven and earth will pass away. (coughs) Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. My words. See if you don't, if you want to know who Jesus really is, you know him through his word I'm not talking about religiously I'm talking about you could I remember reading John I said to myself that's it I'm going to read John the book of John straight through and I'm going to read it again because I love the book of John and I could never get past from John chapter 1 to John chapter 1 to verses 15 to 20 and then I'll get sidetracked and whatever and then I start again the next day i start from the beginning Read John, I can't get past that, I can't get past that. After about a week or two or three, I got a little bit further. And you would think just go start off from where you left and keep going. But no, I kept feeling going back to the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was God in the beginning. All things were made through Him. There's nothing that was made that hadn't been made. And in Him was life. And that life was the light of man. And the light shines in the darkness. But the darkness is not comprehended. And I could read that over, I could, over. It just goes in my spirit. And what I learned something, I'd go to sleep and I'd hear it ringing in my spirit. And I wake up and go, I'm not reading that. The CD's not on. And it was in my spirit for months and months. So I want to go a bit further. I want to uh, learn how to cast out devils. And God will take me back to John 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was God in the beginning. And it will go over and over and over again. And then I finally woke up to myself, God, are you trying to show me something? So I went to the beginning. I said, Well, I don't know how to read the Bible properly. So I went to Genesis. That's the beginning. And I learned God said, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void. And the Spirit of God hovered over the deep. And then he said, Let light be. And when I read that, something went off in my spirit. I said, I've read that somewhere. So I went back to John 1 and it says, In him was light. And that light was the light of man. And the light shines in the darkness but does not comprehend it. And something went off in my spirit. I said, that wasn't the sun that he created in Genesis. That was Jesus. When he said, let there be light, boom, the light of God. And the Holy Spirit manifested the light. He said, it was good. Because the sun was created three days later. And Jesus now, John's saying, this is the life of God. This was the word that was with God in the beginning. So nothing was created through him. In other words, when God spoke, he spoke it through Jesus. And He lives inside you. And that's how the fire keeps burning. Don't look for the next best sermon because there's plenty. I love sermons. But the next best sermon doesn't change your life. Revelation of His Word changes your life. In the beginning was the Word. Say, if in the beginning was the Word and heaven and earth will pass away but my Word will not pass away. And Jesus is the Word that became flesh. What are we looking for? Hold your hands and love Jesus. He'll teach you. If I show you my report cards at school, you'd you be, you be flat out thinking this guy can't even read. I'm not saying, oh, look at me. I was, I was dumb and now I'm smart. No, I'm still dumb. I want to stay dumb to the day I die because while I'm dumb, he's smart. While I'm weak, he's strong. I'm not talking about dumb as in. I'm talking about, I don't want to be an intellect. I want to be humbled enough to say, Lord, you teach me. You stretch me. Why? See, I'm no one special. God has no favorites. But I thank God I listened to mentors. I thank God I listened to pastors. I thank God I, look, I I submitted to my leadership, whether I liked it or not, to learn to why I stand here today. And you know what? What God's given us is special. God's flowing through this ministry. We're not the best. We're not, the, uh, we're, we're not better. We're just. This is where God's flowing through us. Why? He wants to build your houses. He wants to build you. He wants not just to be a strong Christian, a strong husband, a strong wife, strong kids, a strong families. because the devil's coming after you. Don't think this lollipop, oh, come to Jesus, everybody's going to be... No, no, they're going to come after you with both barrels. But you know what? Come. Come what may. I'm standing firm because my father is my... You know, this is the last thing I'll finish with. This is yesterday I was driving. with my phone? I was just driving... I was annoyed at work I was annoyed with myself I was was tired I was you know I do get annoyed don't trust me Psalm don't go there but this is what came this this is for me so you know like I said I get a revelation I have to tell everyone Psalm 28 7 he says the Lord is my strength and my shield I'll read the whole scripture the Lord is my strength and my shield my heart trusted in him And I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices. And with my song, I will praise him. But what I got in my spirit when I was driving, the Lord is your shield. See, my fasting is not my shield, although I fast. My prayer life is not my shield, although I pray. My giving is not my attending church. You know what my shield is? My Jesus is my shield. And because he is my shield, what I do sustains me to hold the shield up, the shield of faith he is my all in all he is my everything he but you know how he speaks to you through his word it's so important because they're going to take the Bible off the shelves. They're going to pervert the Bible. They're doing it. You know, you go to China now, they don't give them food and they give them money. Give us Bibles, they say. And they memorize it and they give it to the next person. They memorize it. Why? They knew the Word is the substance of life. And we take it for granted. And God's not going to put up with it any longer. Even in Australia, we've got 15,000 Bibles on the mantelpiece in your toilet, in your garage, in your, garage, in your phone. And no one, God wants us to read His Word, not for the sake of reading His Word, but to get to know Him. When I know Him, I abide in Him. He abides in me. And if I know that, God is for me. Who can be against me? And you don't start walking in fear. You, start walking in, you know what you start walking in? Kingship. My Father's the King and He's provided all my needs. I can walk in sonship. I can walk in... His, you know what? If the devil can only take off you, what you don't believe is yours. The devil only ground the devil has in your life is what you give him. It could be starting with just a little thing like what annoys you. I know what annoyed me when I used to read the Bible it's Proverbs. Bro, look at this. Let your yes be yes and no be no. I'm a finance broker. You can't say yes or no. You're going to lie. I'm a salesman. They're going to lie. Solicitors. They're going to lie. Choking. and it bugged me so I'd go to the good chapters like you'll cast out devils in my name and you heal the sick in my name I like that bit and God says yeah but that's where I want to take you but until you get this right that's not going to happen contrary to popular teaching that's not going to happen because God's not going to send you out amongst wolves so you can get taken out but the fire's going to keep burning keep adding fuel to the fire flame the fire because God's breath will blow on His word. Let's bow our heads. Jesus, we love you. We adore you. You said, "Oh, no man, nothing but to love Him." So you love us. That while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Your word. Is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. For you are the head of the body, the church. You love your people. Father, I thank you for your breath to be upon us. That you've anointed us to preach the good news. I thank you, Holy Spirit that you're our teacher. Lord, burn out the dross of familiarity, compromise, unfaithfulness, disobedience. Burn it so we can stand before You pure. It's not by power nor by might, but it's by Your Spirit. Father, I thank You that You give us Your Spirit, the Spirit of truth that guides us into all truth. Lord, I thank You that Your Spirit will heal our hearts provide nourishment to our souls right now in the name of Jesus. Those who are struggling emotionally, just open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you. Your past is exactly that, your past. What you've been through is exactly that, you've been through it. Don't allow the enemy to keep you in that place. Jesus has risen and gone before you. Hunger for His Word. Like the disciples. Didn't our hearts burn within us when He shared with us the Scripture? Don't ever lose. Don't be familiar. Jesus is the all in all. Put your eyes upon Jesus. He says, anyone who wants to follow me, he has to deny himself, take up his cross and follow Him thank you Father for those who don't know Jesus those who are listening and don't know Jesus I'm not asking you to join a church or join a religion I'm asking you to surrender your life to Him surrender your life here today. today is the day of your salvation we're not guaranteed tomorrow we only have right now the Bible says if you believe in your heart confess from your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. He died and rose again. You shall be saved. That's a promise. But that's the beginning of what he wants to do in you. Today is the day of your salvation. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for everyone in the sound of my voice. That your word purifies. Fall upon them the Father's love right now. The Father's love. They may know the Father's love right now. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. You are the great teacher. You are the great teacher. I baptize in the name of Jesus, the love of the Father upon everyone right now. That can sustain this walk right now. Paul said, I know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Those who have God's lighting fires again, that childlike faith, hungry to know His Word. We thank You, Father. We thank You that we are honoured that we can come before You in Your presence. Holy Spirit, have Your way right now praise you jesus thank you father give you all the glory father your presence lord oh your presence holy spirit have your way breath Lord breathe on us so you can flame that fire we love you Father we love you Father cast your cares upon the Lord for he cares for you take up his yoke because his burden is easy and his yoke is light blow your breath upon them Father in the name of Jesus Jesus I pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We'll bless you guys. You just can leave. You can stay. The floor's open, but fellowship with someone, but the presence of God's here. Please. Hey, buddy. There's Elijah. He'll rain fire from heaven and burn us all up now. <laughs> Bless. You. Have a great week. See you on Wednesday. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.